This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. I'm recording in a different studio. Do I sound different? I know my production guru, Frankenberry, is probably cracking up right now. He mixes the show down before it gets put onto air. I have no idea what that means. But he's been in the studio several times trying to show me how to use it. I think I got it. But they told me I shouldn't record too much in here because the microphone is different. You know me, walking on the wild side. I want to try this microphone. doesn't have a compressor. I don't know. I don't know about these things. I just talk and I let other people figure it out. So today we are going to uh, share some advice. We've got advice from somebody in Ariana Huffington's world. You know, she's got that whole Thrive thing going on. We're going to talk about micro steps. I like these micro steps. They are very much something we can do. Too small to fail micro steps. And we're going to start talking with Sunil Gupta. Now, let me find out about Sunil. Sunil Gupta is Dr. Sanjay Gupta's brother. And he has discovered what he believes is the it factor that can help you stand out and be a success. Sunil Gupta has written a book called The Surprising Truth About What Makes Someone Take a Chance on You. Sunil says you find this key ingredient in leaders, activists, and entrepreneurs. Becoming backable is all about how you see yourself and how the world sees you. The magic ingredient? Conviction. Let's just take a quick example. One of the one of the first ideas that, that really surprised me in the book was that as I started to study backable people, and these are people who are able to get into a room and really inspire us to take a chance on them. And the trick of it is oftentimes it's when they don't have the most obvious idea or they're not the obvious choice for a job role, but we still feel like we want to take a chance on them. I wanted to understand what that quality was. One of the things I assumed was that backable people were going to have a certain style of communication. They were going to make use of eye contact and hand gestures and pacing. But that that did not turn out to be the case. As I learned, it's not charisma that makes a person convincing. It's conviction. Backable people take the time to convince themselves first, and then they let that conviction shine through whatever style it is that feels most natural to them. And if you want a quick example of that, Casey, just take a look at the, the number one most popular TED Talk of all time over 65 million views. And what you might be surprised to find is a very unTed-like presentation. Sir Ken Robinson has sort of one hand in his pocket. He meanders on and off script. But you believe every word he says because he has taken the time to convince himself first. If you don't believe in what you're saying, then they can't believe. Wow. Okay, so we have to convince ourselves first. Are, are many people doubting of their own projects or self-worth? I, I do think so. And and some, some of that is just pure 
purely a function of not having taken the time. You know, oftentimes we get excited about an idea and we quickly jump into explanation mode. We quickly jump into presentation mode. How do I present this? How do I share this? Or what we need to be doing is taking what I call in the book incubation time. Incubation time is where you build your own conviction in an idea. And there are lots of different ways you can do that and we talk about them. But, you know, I, I simply like to spend time writing out my idea uh, on, on pieces of paper. But I think it's very important when you're doing this is to not just put on your excited hat, you know, the, the, the why is this idea great, but also put on your critic hat. Like, actually put yourself in the, in the shoes of somebody who might be an objector and think about what are the top two to three concerns or objections they might raise for your idea. And do your best to answer those. Your explanations don't need to be perfect, but the, the conviction that we build in being able to have a conversation when someone brings those objections up is what really gives us the confidence to be able to handle ourselves inside a room. Right. So you have to think the project all the way around and see who could poke holes in it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any tips for us to uh, build our self-esteem, self-worth, and conviction? Because I guess you can't fake conviction. You know, you can't fake conviction. A lot of people do try, and some people are able to sort of slip on past the goalie. I mean, we, we, we sort of, you know, see stories like Theranos, and, and we see stories like the Fire Festival, and, and, it, and it does happen. But, I, you know, I, this book is really for written for people who have high integrity who have great ideas and there are plenty of people out there i believe we all have an idea tucked away somewhere and by the way it doesn't need to be an idea for a startup it could be something you want to do in your community or in your church or in your company you know i think that it's that unused creativity that i think makes us anxious and unengaged and so this is a way to share your gift with the world i think a lot of it begins with some of the practical tools but one thing to keep in mind is that you look at people who we admire today, and I've now studied hundreds of them, there's often this thought that they were sort of naturally that way from the beginning. And what I realized time and time again is that they weren't, that they had their own share of mistakes and failures and setbacks, and they weren't always confident inside a room. But that was a skill set that was learned along the way, and that's what this book is all about. That's Sunil Gupta, Dr. Sanjay's brother. He wrote the book, The Surprising Truth About What Makes Someone Take a Chance on You. He says, convince yourself first. It's not charisma that convinces people, it's conviction. You can't get others to buy in on an idea that you're not completely sold on yourself. He also says, cast a central character. We have to emotionally connect to people, not concepts. And that the best ideas root us in the story of a central character so we can connect the concept on a human level. Step three, says Sunil, find that earned secret. Great ideas stem usually from a hidden insight that you learned firsthand through experience. Step four, make it feel inevitable. A typical pitch communicates an idea is new, but a backable pitch communicates an idea is inevitable. Flip outsiders to insiders. We don't typically win people over in one conversation, but through a series of interactions that build trust. 
Sunil says, have practice matches. Use low-stake practice sessions to prepare for high-stake moments. And finally, he says, let go of your ego. You're not representing yourself inside the room where you make the pitch. You're representing the person you want to become. I love that. Sunil comes from a family of highly backable people, including his mom, the first woman engineer for Ford Motor Company. Her name is Damyanti Hingorani, and his brother Sanjay, of course, chief medical correspondent for CNN. Sunil teaches innovation at Harvard University. So conviction, my friends, is the key. I have fleeting moments of conviction. Does that count? Like, sometime I'm so super sure on that highway of knowing where I'm going, and other times, like, could be the next day, I wake up and say, yeah, I'm not so sure. I guess conviction is a... I don't know, an art, a muscle that needs to be practiced? Something to think about. My conviction is porous. (laughs) My conviction is porous. But those of you who have a strong, firm idea and you want to take it to the world and you know just what it is, it is inevitable, you might want to pick up Sunil Gupta's book, The Surprising Truth About What Makes Someone Take a Chance on You. And then perhaps form a conviction support group. I could use one of those. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On. We have a couple more Sundays left. Just two more Sundays left at Sundays at 11. Sundays at 11 started as a pandemic project in the fall for a group of women to get together and just be, you know, just just talk and share what we were going through at the time. The Facebook group, A Circle of Women, we've been meeting since 2015 here, there, events, you know, different things. And then uh, when the pandemic came, we started meeting on Zoom. Then I started a farmer's market. So we started meeting at the farmer's market. And then the numbers started to spike again. And I'm like, no, we got to go back to Zoom. So we've been Zooming, mm, I think since October. But we're going to pause because the farmer's market's starting up again. But anyway, join us for the next couple of Sundays at 11. This Sunday, the guest is Erin Worley. I adore her. She's like a little cosmic creature who can remind you how magnificent you are and get you in touch with your highest self. And then the following week, Holly Burling is going to join us. She's an acupuncture, acupressure person, and she's going to teach us some self-healing skills. You know, like where to rub so your headache goes away. Stuff like that. Easy, doable things. This past Sunday, Sunday at 11, I myself was the speaker. I do that every now and then. And our topic was joy and making joy something that you feel every day. You don't hear the word joy a lot. Maybe you do. And if you do, that's great. But it's not an everyday kind of word, like happy. Happy's an everyday kind of word. Joy is like Christmas. So if I have a conviction about anything, it's that at least for a few minutes every day, you should seep yourself in a little joy. And you know I do that with my chickens and my pets, and I do that with my walks in nature. So that's what our talk was about, just doing the thing that brings you joy. And we talked about, too, one of the guests on this show a long time ago told us about this facet of human nature. And you know what? There's 600 Shine On shows. I'm not going back to find out this person's name. (laughs) Not today. Maybe when I get that assistant. But they said, and perhaps you'll remember, what happened at McDonald's when they put salads on the menu. They put salads on the menu at McDonald's, and what sales went skyrocketing through the roof? And that was like the super double greasy cheeseburger thing. 
the highest caloric item on the menu, went soaring through the roof because human nature is just thinking about the thing that's good for us. We say, oh yeah, that's an option. I could have that thing that's good for me, but I'll do that tomorrow because I know it's there and I know it's good for me. But for today, I'll have the super greasy deluxe, please. Isn't that funny? That's an actual thing. You can look it up. It actually happened. And I don't think McDonald's even has salads on the menu anymore. But that was the effect that a healthy option gave people. And I think often it's the same thing with joy. Like my little bicycle is out in the backyard. I love to ride my bicycle. Just thinking about riding my bicycle makes me happy. And sometimes that takes the place of me actually getting on my bicycle to ride it and having the joy. You know what I mean? We can put off our own joy. So, uh, and as we continued down that road, we came into another topic of conversation, which is your purpose in life. And last Sunday, I was feeling that our purpose in life might be only to feel joy. What I said actually was, you don't need no stinking purpose. You know, badly paraphrasing some movie I've never even seen. You don't need no stinking purpose. That comes from something. I must have heard once. I honestly think we've put a lot of pressure on younger women coming up today, especially in the spiritual realm. They think, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? What's my purpose? What's the meaning? Here's a meaning. Have a nice day. Here's a meaning. Smile. Here's a meaning. Appreciate the beauty of the nature. The pink trees right now are freaking me out. They're so gorgeous. The pink trees, the white trees, the yellow bushes. Mod on. How about that? Why don't you just make feeling good your purpose? And then from there, you'll be vibrating at a pretty high frequency and something else might pop into your head. But I don't think we need a purpose. Maybe I don't need a purpose because I don't have one. (laughs) Do you? I spoke to a mom the other day. She brought tears to my eyes. She says, you know, I never knew what my purpose was, but looking back, I saw what it became. You know, she became a wife to a great husband, and she became mother to great kids, and now she's a grandmother to amazing kids. She does great things in the community. That is her purpose, and she's like beaming with gratitude for looking back at a life that is filled with purpose, but she didn't set out on that path. It's what sort of happened when she was just enjoying her life, carving out a life. Your life, whatever it is, is purpose enough, I think. And again, hats off to you if you have a purpose, it's awesome. But then what? But then after you, oh, I hear people talking. Maybe that's why I shouldn't be in the studio. It's not soundproof. I'll soldier on. So say you have a purpose like, I don't know, you're going to be like the best gum I don't know, you're going to be something. And then you do it, and then what? Then you need another purpose. So maybe our purpose is just to be the best human being we can be. Those are where her thoughts went this past Sunday. And I'm just thinking maybe somebody needed to hear that today. You don't need no stinking purpose. I don't think. I have no idea what I'm going to be when I grow up. But if you're looking to make a change, I got something for you. It's a book called Your Time to Thrive. Ariana Huffington and the editors of Thrive Global present Your Time to Thrive, End Burnout, Increase Well-Being, and Unlock Your Full Potential with the New Science of Microsteps. And they look at seven different areas of your life, and they give you micro steps. You know, this isn't like the Whole30 diet, where all of a sudden, for 30 days, you're going to change everything about the way you eat. No, this is going to be a tiny, doable, 
too small to fail step that you can take. And the science behind it is when you set out to change, you need some wins in your column right? We had that baseball guy on a few months ago. He said, if a kid goes to Little League and can't hit the ball, he's not going to learn to love baseball. So you should set it up so the kid has success. Teach him how to hit the ball in a way that he can't miss, or it increases his chances to hit the ball, and he'll have a good day and want to come back the next day, right? Same, same for us grown-up people. These tiny little micro steps are too small to fail. Marina from Thrive is one of the authors. Micro steps are small science-backed actions and mindset shifts that we can start doing immediately to build healthier habits that really improve our lives and our well-being. So at Thrive, we call them too small to fail. And the idea is, you know, after the year we've had, everyone is incredibly overwhelmed. And the idea of making a big, dramatic life change feels daunting. It's, it's ridiculous. We all want to improve our lives, but who has the energy right now for a huge life overhaul? But luckily, the science tells us that we don't need to turn our lives upside down and change everything about us. In fact, it's more effective to transform what's not working in our lives through tiny daily changes. All right. So I went to Thrive Global online. You know, Ariana Huffington created this oasis after she like collapsed from exhaustion. And she's like, you know, we need a place to go where people can just recharge. So she's got her Thrive Global going on. And on it, I found some steps from readers, micro steps that help improve their well-being during the pandemic. Monique wrote in one of her micro steps is to pause when she has a negative thought. Just pause. We can do that. We can teach ourselves to pause. Jenny wrote in, after spending so much time at home, she sets an alarm on her phone to get up and move. Just a few quick yoga stretches, and then she gets back to work. We can do that. Micro steps. Marcy from Arizona writes, she starts her day with a few minutes of writing, just a few minutes to clear her head. She says it's a new routine that provides clarity and helps her connect to her own story. Nita wrote in a micro step that helped her anxiety. She would spray lavender on her pillow at night. And I like this one. It's from Armida in Chicago. My 94-year-old grandmother is in top mental shape. When I asked her what her secret is, she tells me it's important to know what you can control and what you cannot. If it's something that you cannot control, it has no room in your mind. One micro step that has helped me realize this during the pandemic is taking a moment each day to identify what I can control. I make a list of various elements of my job and life that remain perfectly manageable. The small ritual shifts my mind from what's lacking to what I still have. And I think that is a great homework assignment for us this week. Let's make a list of the things that are perfectly manageable in our life. And let's make a list of the things that we absolutely cannot control. Mm, That's a little clarity right there. So Marina is the head of content development at Thrive Global. And her last name is Kaidekel, K-H-I-D-E-K-E-L. You can follow her everywhere. So I created some micro steps, I think, for myself just recently. I only go to the bank on Mondays. I usually have to make deposits for the foundation, and I'm just going on Mondays. That's it. 
It helps me very much. I put it in its place. Something comes in, it's going to wait till Monday. And the other micro step is I'm putting water on my nightstand and forcing myself to drink it when I wake up in the morning. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have to force myself to drink water. Maybe I'll take micro sips during the day. And I just thought of one more micro step that I've done recently that's had a huge effect on my life. Huge positive effect on my life. I don't go on social media after lunch. You know, I let myself float around social media while I'm at work. I'll check in, see what everybody's doing, like a few things, post a few happy birthdays, and then that's it. When I leave work, which is usually around noon or one, I don't look at social media again. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Really positive thing for my head. I would suggest you try that. You know, it takes a little doing. Like when you're sitting watching Netflix at night, you're like, I wonder, you know, what somebody's doing on the Instagram. But I don't do it. I just, I try to be in one place at a time. So no social media after lunch. Give that a try. I think you'll love it. Hi, I'm Casey. And thank you again for tuning in to Shine On. Please join us Sunday at 11 for a free Zoom call. You get the link for that at casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. And yes, the farmer's market in northern Westchester in a little town called Verplank starts up Mother's Day. If you are a grower or a farmer, if you've got eggs or honey or cheese, I'd love to hear from you. And for that, you can go to the foundation website, which is letitshineonline.com. Letitshineonline.com. It was gatheringlove.org. In fact, it still is. But I finally got a Let It Shine, what do you call that, domain? domain. Most of the good ones are taken, but let it shine online.com for the farmer's market. So in summation today, I would like to say, if you're going to have conviction about anything, have conviction that you're fine just the way you are. Have conviction that you're enough, even if you don't know what you're doing. You're a human on the planet and that is enough. And one of the things that we were talking about on the Zoom last week about having a purpose, many people said, Their purpose is serving others. And yes, absolutely, that's probably the greatest purpose of all, is serving others. It's definitely the thing that gives the most joy. But I'll just say, especially to women, make sure you're serving yourself first. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, physically, mentally, spiritually, first. And then absolutely, with your full cup, go on out there and serve others. And here's the thing about service. The people we serve are doing us the greatest favor. The people we serve, they are giving us an opportunity to be our best. And the people we serve, serve as the vehicle that in turn gives us so much joy. So if you're serving somebody and thinking you're doing them a favor, I don't know, maybe your service hat is too tight. Because the people we serve make us better. I think, I think. We may be doing something nice for them, but what we get back is so much more. And that's that indescribable feeling of having been in service. Sometimes I walk around my neighborhood just picking up paper because I feel like being in service and there's nobody to serve. It's like, oh, I'll go serve my street. And I know there's people thinking, there she is again. What is wrong with that woman picking up trash during a pandemic? I wash my hands. Okay, I'm going to share two quotes with you today for the thought for the day. And I love them both. The first is from the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama, when asked about the purpose of life, said, can you ask me an easier question, please? 
And then he said, I believe that the very purpose of life is to be happy. From the very core of our being, we desire contentment. In my own limited experience, I have found that the more we care for the happiness of others, the greater is our own sense of well-being. Cultivating a close, warm-hearted feeling for others automatically puts the mind at ease. It helps remove whatever fears or insecurities we may have and gives us the strength to cope with any obstacles we encounter. It is the principal source of success in life. Since we are not solely material creatures, it is a mistake to place all our hopes for happiness on external development alone. The key is to develop inner peace. So the Dalai Lama says inner peace and caring for the happiness of others. That's the purpose of life. I like that very, very much. I believe that. And I also believe this. See, my conviction, it wobbles. Ralph Waldo Emerson says the purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. Emerson says the purpose of life is to be useful, honorable, and compassionate. And I think those two thoughts intersect in a lot of different places. And you know what? Just for giggles, I'm throwing in one more Dalai Lama quote. I actually have this on a scroll that hangs inside my closet, but it's one of those things that you see every day and then you stop seeing it, right? So it's good to put my eyes on these words once again. The Dalai Lama said, Every day, think as you wake up. Today, I am fortunate to be alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. I'm going to use all my energies to develop myself, to expand my heart out to others, to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. Wowza. Go. Enjoy your precious human life. See you soon. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.